Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. the underpowered hour on this week's show we talk all about the brand new lexus gx and how it stacks up to the land rover defender and then our first interview from anarch with our very good friend steve owen who is the only person who drove his 80 inch to the event and now here's the show Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Steve Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about our cars and what we're working on at thebarriscollection.com or follow us on Instagram at thebarriscollection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss. Thank you to everyone joining us today. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online on Facebook, Instagram, at Pangolin 4x4. Let's get started. All right, Liza. Well, uh, we are back, or I am back from Anarch. Uh, Jenna and Ike are still out there somewhere in the United States driving the van, pulling the Steve McQueen car behind them uh, through North America, visiting Land Rover people all over the country. They really committed to this trip when they decided to drive the Steve McQueen car all the way out there and all the way back. You were gone for a long time, but they have been gone far longer than you were out of town. That's true. When they committed the night before to decide to do this, <laughs> they really committed wholeheartedly. That is true. Yeah, so they're on their way back, and we'll see them in the near future. But uh, for today, it's just you and I. And a special interview, a special interview in the interview series of things we recorded at Anarch. Uh, we're actually talking to Steve Owen this afternoon, who is one of the few people, but I would absolutely say the only 80-inch Series 1 owner that actually drove his car to Anarch. He drove it a long way. A super long way from Oshkosh, Wisconsin to essentially Syracuse, New York. And that is a super long drive. There are folks with like relatively new defenders that trailered them like less than 200 miles. So... <laughs> It, it, we talk about it with Steve a little bit. Uh, Steve is my hero for sure. He seems like a character. I'm actually really looking forward to listening to today's interview. You guys got a lot of great content while you were out there. I got to say, I'm, I'm really proud of you. Well, you know, we do what we can. We recorded, uh, I think it was like eight or nine interviews uh, over the course of the weekend. And it was great. It was really great. We talked to some absolutely fabulous people, no less than four Camel Trophy participants, Amazing. and even better than that, the team of Jim Sweat and Daphne Green. That is the first time we've ever had a team. Daphne Green is by far one of my biggest influences and one of my biggest heroes, mm-hmm. obviously, for, for obvious reasons. Now that yep. I am in the world of off-road rally driving, obviously, yep. she's uh, you know right up there in my books of being somebody that sets a phenomenal example for other women in the off-roading world. Absolutely. And she is smart, 
and cool and adventurous and wonderful and incredibly warm and great. And uh, Jim is, of course, as well, Jim Sweat, who has been on the show kind of before. They uh, both, yeah, both him and uh, and Fred Munsey were on the show together at Destination Defender, but due to a variety of issues, none the least of which were people not wanting to stop buying merchandise and having side conversations while so we were trying loud to in that tent. That recording was lost to time, but we were lucky enough to get both Fred and Jim back for interviews. So we have righted that wrong and not any less than Tim Hensley joined Frank Munsey, of course, winner Amazing. of the 1993 Camel Trophy, the, the car that's behind you. Um, Tim won that uh, year. And so we actually got him on the show with Fred and it was just so much fun. Super fun. So but those that are coming is not up. today's interview. No, it's not at all. No. Our listeners are going to have to subscribe and they're going to have yeah. to tune in later to hear Smash those Smash that like button. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We yeah, will have those interviews later throughout the summer. We, um, you know, Anarch was really great on our end for being able to bank a ton of content, which is going to be really good because we have a really busy summer ahead of us. We do. But, we have um, a hugely busy summer. Do you have any anything else before we jump into this interview? Well, speaking of coming up later uh, this year, I'm not sure if you've had an opportunity to see the new Lexus GX. I have. Yeah. I have it some opinions. Looks, it looks defendery. Well, not only do you have some opinions, but I'll tell you what, our good friends over at Hot Cars, uh, an automotive journalistic cornerstone, if you will, certainly, they are the uh, Wall Street Journal. I think, of super opinionated and mostly wrong ideas about cars, they're welcome to come after me. Come get me, you know. But <laughs> they have come up with an article stating 10 ways the 2024 Lexus GS will outshine the Land Rover Defender. So I thought maybe I would just go through some of these and get your opinion on what you sure. think. So, so first of all, number 10, the 2024 Lexus GS uh, uses the body-on-frame TNGA-F platform. As we know, everything before Dash F was total shit, but the, the Dash F, yeah, that's, I guess, really where the, they're, they're driving things. It, it, so it is a body-on-frame car, similar to a classic Land Rover, like, uh, of course, every Land Rover up to the Discovery 4. I don't know. I don't know if I care. I think the rigidity of the new Defender, and we have seen that tested, and we've talked to Bob Ives about it and stuff, where, you know, the unibody, chassis, frame, everything all together is pretty friggin' rigid. And, uh, you know, we've done some stupid things with the new Defender. And save crushing the air dam in a way that you can break an intercooler, it's pretty pretty rough and pretty solid. It's, uh, yeah. it's not, you know, I don't know that Lexus has the sort of antiquated technology. Now, they also have a mechanical fan on the front of the engine, which I think is sort of weird. You don't really see cars with that anymore. Anyways. You know, I, I I don't have a problem with the Lexus brand in general. You know, you see a lot of a lot of Lexuses on the Rebel. In fact, Emily Miller, who pre-runs the right. whole course herself, does it in her Lexus. Right. Now, she's got a lot of uh, aftermarket upgrades to the suspension, care of total chaos and things like that. But it's a pretty badass car. I, I think the Lexus definitely has a place. It's not my choice. And when I put the Lexus no. and the Defender up against each other and I look at them like for real, I don't think there is that much of a comparison. I think they're completely 
completely different vehicles. I think there's a lot of memes that I've seen in some of the new Defender owners groups on Facebook and places Mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. they put them side by side. And if you match the color, yeah, they look like sister cars. There's Mm -hmm. definitely some inspiration being borrowed. But really, ultimately, they're such different cars. I think that this article is written by somebody who clearly does not like Land Rovers. No, there's no no shortage of those. Yeah. And this this Lexus is just a great way to kind of like bash Land Rover a little bit. Go for it. That's fine. I think Lexus owners are largely uninteresting people. But the uh, biggest the biggest thing in this article that I do think has a little bit of merit is towards the end of the article, they talk about the maintenance cost difference. Now, this is with a Lexus that hasn't even come out yet. So they're speculating based on other Lexus models. Yeah, this could be a shitty one. You never know. You never know. But sure. Yeah. Lexus is, by all intents and purposes, it appears to be cheaper to maintain than a new Defender. Fine. I'll give them that. That, That's fine. That's that's valid and a consideration for some people. But not as much fun to maintain. We like to set money on fire in Ah, the Barris ah, household. ah, ah. So, you know. That Why doesn't not? seem to be at the top of Why our not? consideration list. Yeah, they're also saying, you know, the base engine has more torque. That, I suppose, is true. There is a more economical hybrid engine. That is true. The Lexus has more forward gears. I don't understand it's 10 speed versus 8 speed, but uh, seriously, man, 10 forward speeds. Like, come on. That, it's like it's a fast and furious car. It's just constantly <laughs> shifting constantly, constantly shifting. It can tow a thousand pounds more. That's largely due by the fact that it's heavier. It has a way, way bigger infotainment screen. Uh, I don't care. Infotainment screens are getting too big. big. The one that is in our Ford Lightning is... It's, it's a like freaking, whole front of the car. It's a widescreen yeah. TV turned on its end, so it's portrait orientation. It's yeah. too big. It's That's enormous. Big. Yeah. I don't it's care. enormous. I don't care. It doesn't need to be that big. 21 speakers versus 17 speakers. Again, I don't care. That is don't completely care. irrelevant. Like you said, it retains its value potentially. It's a brand new car that they haven't even made yet, so I think it's impossible to make the assertion yeah. that it retains its value. Yeah. That's Generally funny. speaking, Lexus may retain their ba- value better than Land sure. Rover, but I don't see many people driving their 80-inch uh, Lexus to uh, festivals (laughs) in New York. So moot point again. And, you know, it's apparently a more reliable vehicle. Again, has never even come out. I don't know how you would ever... (laughs) How you would I ever mean, know I mean, they're speculating based on other Lexus models. That's sure. all they're doing sure. at this point. Sure. Really, all we've seen are some photographs of a car that kind of resembles a Defender. And that's kind of where it's at at the moment. So once you get a real working prototype and you get some your reputable journalists behind the wheel telling me how the steering feel is, then we can talk about it. Until a vehicle's steering feel has been uh, independently adjudicated, as we all know, the only thing that matters with a new vehicle is how is the steering feel. And un- unless you've uh, thoroughly, thoroughly tested that and written about it, and uh, it's really the only conversation you need to have. It's the only thing anybody cares about. How's the steering feel? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, feels like steering, I'll bet. You know, that's my guess, is that you turn it and the <laughs> wheels go in that direction. If they don't, you've got a big problem. You've got a big, big problem. problem. So yeah, well, again, you know, thanks to everybody who came and saw us at the Anarch event. We saw a thousand people, I think, over the course of the weekend. Everyone that was there, we uh, met each one of them individually, greeted them. My FOMO was so high. You guys were sending <laughs> me photos. Yes. Starting at about four o'clock in the morning, my right. time. Yes. You guys were sending me photos that looked like you were having no fun at all. 
That's and, right. Uh, it was just yeah. Ike getting ready for the day, actually. That was uh, <laughs> there was a montage every morning. Uh, the what was the care, ski resort which, like where they held it? It looked it cool. Was neat. It looked yeah, like a neat place to hold something like this. It was Greek Peak in Cortland, New York. Uh, the staff was absolutely wonderful. They got us everything we needed, no matter how odd the request. We had couches with beautiful little Land Rover blankets that they had found somewhere for the hot stove Cute. lounge. We had a beautiful uh, live edge uh, oak table in front of us. Uh, they've got some great chairs for Jeff and I to do the morning show. I think you and Jeff may have like really found your calling together. Like We, we definitely hit, we hit Pete would, Aronson uh, during those things. It was pretty fantastic. I would love to see the two of you commentate like a combine demolition derby oh, yeah. or something. Yeah, I sure. think that's clearly the next stage where your career needs to Well, go. if you have something out there and you need commentating, you know, uh, Jeff and I are available. Just <laughs> let us know. Reach out to Liza and she'll she'll book us in for that. So happy to uh, to do that anytime. But yeah, no, it was wonderful. Of course, we had the uh, Dream Machine there as well as Steve, uh, Steve McQueen Series 2A was there with us as, as well. Plenty of folks coming up and taking photos with Jenna and the Dream Machine. And uh, yeah, it was it was pretty, uh, pretty wonderful. And then and the dream machine finally came home this week. Oh, it's yes. so nice to have her back. It's in two wheel drive only as uh, the yeah. differential exploded on the way up to Greek Peak. But that's all right. We'll get that Just sorted. Add it to the list of things that we need to do on all of the cars that are in our workshop. That's right. There's uh, there's always something to do when you have a fleet of it wouldn't be that way if we had a fleet of Lexuses. I'll tell you what, they'd all be <laughs> fine. No problems at all. You have zero problems. Never. Lexus right. never had a problem ever. Nothing's ever. ever gone wrong with them. No, no you don't even have never. to put oil in them. You just sort of, you just go. And uh, yeah, no, it was great though. I have to say the best part of it for me, besides all the fantastic cars and all of the fantastic events, was just getting to meet uh, all these wonderful people that we talk to all the time, getting to see people that we don't see very often. Ben Smith, Dixon Kenner, all these folks that we interact with on the internet. In the case of Dixon, on an almost daily or, or semi-daily basis. And uh, to spend time, we had lunch, uh, Dixon and... Uh, Ben and Jenna and I, and it was just wonderful. Really a lot of fun and some amazing, amazing cars. Bill Cooper had all of his, well, a good portion of his cars. I felt like he was taking them home for three straight days afterwards. I kept seeing him <laughs> Sunday, then he was there Monday, then he was there. You know, we uh, we got to sit with him and his wife, Nick Dimbleby and uh, Jenna and Ike and I one night and sort of reminisce and uh, talk about, uh, he wants a Camel Trophy car. He has some amazing cars. He has the two Canadian prototype 101 forward control cars. Oh. He has a Pink Panther. He has a beautiful recreation Range Rover Camel Trophy car. It's a tribute car. Um, he's got, we we were bombing around in his 80 inch that uh, he bought from Ike. Amazing car. The one thing he really wants is a Camel Trophy uh, car. So now Ike and I have made it our mission to see if we can't suss one out for him. And uh, I'll trade him for those two Canadian forward controls. At any rate, uh, Dixon will have one and I'll have one, but uh, it'll be great. They should be with Canadians. I mean, it, it's only fair. But uh, yeah, really wonderful. Really great to see everybody. Great to see those cars. We're going to have to buy that fire truck now. The Firefly it is uh, pretty, pretty, pretty cool. It's got such an adorable little siren and stuff. It's really, mm -hmm. Yeah, really right. wonderful. Just, you know, pile it on. Just pile it on. Pile it on. Yeah, yep. pile it on. Yeah, it's all good. So uh, that being said, speaking of all the wonderful cars that were at Anarch this year, there was one particularly wonderful car, and that was uh, Steve Owen's 80-inch that again, as we said at the top, he drove there from Wisconsin, from Oshkosh, I Wisconsin. I need to hear all about it. As somebody who lived in Wisconsin at one point in my life, right. I would really love to hear more about how right. uh, 
how this came to be. It is a wonderful story. So without uh, further delay, let's uh, play that uh, tape. Let me uh, let me hit. We actually recorded everything on eight tracks. So let me uh, pop the eight track into the uh, machine and press play and uh, we'll go from there. So we'll come back after that. All right. Well, we're here back again at the uh, Anarch uh, Diamond Jubilee 75th anniversary of uh, Her Majesty's Land Rover with none other than maybe the only person that actually drove their Land Rover here and didn't bring it here on a trailer, present company included. Uh, Mr. Steve Owen, you came all the way from Wisconsin in your 80-inch Land Rover. Welcome to the show, sir. You are a, a gentleman, a scholar, and a hero of series Land Rover drivers the world over. Yeah, it seems that way. Yes, I drove the 80-inch from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, 793 miles, <laughs> four days, Yes, 200 miles a day. Yes. They say I'm the hero. Yes, yes. How do I, you feel, though? Um, To be honest, an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> I've had highs. Yes. I've had lows. Yes. I've been... Were the highs related to the fumes in the vehicle? <laughs> it's a small no. exhaust leak. Happening. No, no. It's probably more to the caffeine I was right, drinking. Right, 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 right. But no, there was some, as, as Ike, and I'll say this, that I owe a lot to Ike and Pangolin yep. 4x4, yep. for those who know the history of the AD, but um, he's helped me out over the years. Um, he actually bailed me out because my brakes failed 10 days before this trip. Right. And of jail, out of jail a number of times. Yeah. yeah. So. Unrelated. Yeah. It's a different podcast, but yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there was that intrepidation of actually driving the 80 here. Yeah. And there was always that nervousness, that nervous energy yeah. of right. what could go wrong. That's right. What's going to go wrong. And when I got here, all that went away. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was like a euphoria. It was like, <laughs> oh, I've made it. It's mostly because you stopped driving, but uh, <laughs> Just, possibly. I'm not folded into a little yeah, uh, triangle exactly. here. Yeah, exactly. For, for those yeah, who yeah. don't know, I'm six foot four and 250 pounds, yeah. and 80 inches were not built for no. people like me. No. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of planning went into this trip. Um, obviously, you just can't jump on the interstate and drive yeah, at right. 40 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. I will say the probably the heroes of this trip is not me, the four gentlemen from the Minnesota Land Rover Club right. who followed me. Right. <laughs> not in 80-inch Land Rover. No, I there was no. a 109 ex-military ambulance, okay. mm-hmm. yeah. Series 2A. There was two 109 station wagons yes. and a 91 Range Rover Classic. Okay, so save the Range Rover Classic. Those other cars aren't appreciably faster than no. you, so you're all in a... At least a pace that's that's reasonable. Yeah, the yeah. the the 109s will sit at fifty fifty five. Yeah. So, yeah, that speed ten miles faster than you. Maybe, but miles. Uh, yeah. Um. So, but yeah, they had to sit for the almost eight hundred miles looking at the rear end of an eighty inch. You know, <laughs> not so bad. Yeah, no, I would say there's plenty so of places that uh, that uh, that I would uh, I would uh, rather be behind an eighty inch yep. than then. So, so that's uh. That's so yeah, it's, it's a good show. I mean, yeah. part of it. Being here is meeting like yourselves. Yeah. Excellent company. Yes. Um, other people like Joe, we just mentioned in his yeah, yeah. waffle. And Bill Cooper. Yeah. And obviously Dixon and Ben Smith yeah, and the guys yeah. from Ottawa I already Absolutely, knew because yeah. of the connection with Oshkosh and the Earth Show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been a fun trip. It still is a fun trip. The weather could be a little better. Yeah. It's a bit English today. It was yes. a little uh, It was a little nicer yesterday. It looks as though it's kind of uh, it's raining intermittently, stasis, you know. But uh, but it is fun. We spoke this morning uh, when Jeff Aronson and I did the live show that uh, you know Jeff's interested in seeing everybody on the slippery grass and <laughs> uh, and all that. So 
it should be a, a good bit of fun, but it is an amazing event, and I agree, Steve. Like it, uh, just seeing uh, folks that we've known uh, but uh, have not met in person, and those folks that we only see every so often, or you know, somebody like Dixon that I talk to on a daily basis on the internet or something, right? Is uh, to actually spend some time, have a meal, you know, whatever. Ben, who I don't see that often, you know, it's uh, it's just great. I've been asked if I'm going to do the trails. Yeah, my answer to that is I do have to drive home. That's right. Well, Ike brought quite a few tools. So, yeah, uh, let's you know. do, let's take your 80 inch on the trails. I'd be happy to help you fix anything that goes wrong. And yeah, if, uh, if something breaks, I can always leave. So it's that's not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And, uh, Exit stage left rather yeah. quickly saying, well, I told you. Ike has fixed uh, 80 inch landovers in the middle of rivers. In the This is really not that exotic uh, so far as, uh, you know, Ike uh, fixing, fixing shitty old Land Rovers in exotic uh, locations. So yeah, no I, problem. I'll, I'll see. <laughs> uh, I mean, we are trying, there's, I think, six... 80s here yeah mm-hmm. and we are trying to get them together yes um and do a photo op that'd be great um hopefully tomorrow i mean everybody's got schedules yes uh, i yes. think they're doing like a barbara toy drive tomorrow right and yes i, I don't are. know if that's all 80 inches or all ladies or it's all ladies all ladies all ladies in 80s yes. ladies in 80s. 80s i love it which I love is it. A, yeah, also an instagram account that i have i yeah. would <laughs> i would also subscribe to that instagram account uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's not I, what you think it is, though. Oh, no. no. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Not ladies in their 80s. Yes, it's, it's, it's 100%. Yeah, they're great. It's some good, they're tasteful photos. <laughs> tasteful. You know, they're tasteful photos. I think you'd enjoy it. I, 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 well, enjoy it. I, I know Jenna's planning to do that drive tomorrow. Yeah. And um, yeah, that'd be that'd be cool to see. Yeah, some. I'm going to see that and see what happens. I mean, I can bring mine over. It's just the trip. This whole thing has just been one big adventure. Yeah, absolutely. How to explain it. I mean, I'm sat here, we're talking, and it's difficult to explain it i think i'm gonna have to when i get if and when i get back (laughs) assuming you get back (laughs) then i think i can sort of decompress it more right right Right. now it's so much you're still in it still in it yeah still in that world and it's been a long road for those listeners that don't know you found this vehicle in a shed or in a barn yeah so for those that don't know is i'm Originally from the UK, I moved here in 1992. I've always had Land Rovers. I took my driving test in an 88-inch mm-hmm. short wheelbase in the UK in a snowstorm mm-hmm. in four-wheel drive. Uh, story in itself. Mm-hmm. Moved here in 92. I didn't have a work permit. I was driving around, and I saw the Land Rover parked up in a driveway underneath a tarp and just the front end, and I knew what it was. And I stopped, tried to buy it, asked about it, but... It was the gentleman's father-in-law's vehicle, right? and he towed it from Arizona to Asia, and he was always going to restore it. That was 1992. Because of the job I do, and Ike mentioned the other day, I install fireplaces for a living. I went yep. to do some fireplaces and some service work. The Land Rover was always there, never moved. 2007, sadly, he passed away. Me being me was like literally... Rubbing my hands, thinking estate <laughs> sale. You know, yeah, I get yeah, a chance yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, when they had the estate sale, I was back in the UK visiting family. Disappeared. Fast forward a few more years, 2010. I went to a house about 45 miles away to put a wood stove in. A bit like the little a bit one, like our little hot stove here. Yeah, Put a wood stove in, and the guy said, "Oh, you're English." And I said, "Yeah." He opened the barn door, and quote unquote, I went, "Oh, expletive." Yeah. <laughs> There's uh, John McDonald's Land Rover. Yeah, that's right. Wow. And yeah. he said, oh, you know all about it. I said, yes, I do. And he wouldn't sell it to me. And again, same story. I'm going to restore it. 
Anyway, fast forward a few more years, actually seven years, and this was six years ago now, 2017, I went back to the house to put a second unit in, and his wife was there, and after I got done with the project, I asked them how they were doing with the Land Rover, and I hit a nerve. <laughs> to say the least, um, every other word was yeah, f yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. or effing, and uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm like, whoa, uh-huh. you know, and I'm like, oh god, you know, what have I done here? <laughs> Long story, they got divorced. He'd been booted out of the yeah, house, yeah, and yeah. so this Land Rover is cursed. So what you're it saying is, cursed. is, yeah, is your inquiry into this Land Rover caused a divorce <laughs> and a death? Yeah, and maybe a death, a death, yeah, yeah, well, yeah possibly. But no, okay. I think the All divorce right, happened okay. before, you okay. know. But they actually been divorced about four years, and he'd abandoned it. I Just see. Okay. Abandoned okay. the Land Rover. Yep. yep. She'd try to get him to move it, and never happened. And then she remembered, you know, that I was interested in it. There were some legalities with the title right. and the divorce and attorneys. And yeah. We all know how that works. That was in February of seventeen, and actual fact, in June 9th of two thousand seventeen, I purchased the vehicle. Wow. Now this is where it got interesting. So that's four. That's a fourteen-year span. It's twenty-five years. Well, wow. that, yeah, from it's, the time you saw it to the time you yeah, bought it is so twenty-five years. Twenty-five years. Oh wow. Two thousand nineteen, ninety-two, ninety-two, ninety-two to two thousand seventeen. Amazing. Twenty-five years. years, and everybody has told me it was meant to be. Right. Oh, yeah, I can subscribe to that. <laughs> sure. But then the fun starts because right. I knew I had a Series One eighty-inch Land Rover. That's no surprise. Yep. I mean, I've yep. been a Land Rover freak. What I did not realize is how rare they are in North America, in North America. and especially in the United States. Yeah. And this is when I started to make phone calls. So you call the usual suppliers, and everybody gave me the same name. You got to call Ike. <laughs> you got to call Ike. Oh, it's a Series 1. You oh, got to call Ike. It's only and one I, man, crazy and, enough. And I'm like, <laughs> who's Ike? Yeah. And finally, I picked up the phone and I called Ike. There you and go. as they say, the rest is history. Because <laughs> one thing, and Ike, we've talked about this earlier, none of the steering was original on my right. 80-inch. It was homemade, it yep. worked, but it was a death trap. <laughs> and my first call, once I introduced myself to Ike, was, well, I need some steering parts. And he goes, well, yeah, I've got it. What do you need? I said, well, open the parts page. You're right. <laughs> All the, everything on just that page yeah, I need. Right. <laughs> and just send, you know, and Ike was like, mm, yeah. okay, yeah. And yeah. yes, he came through. Within, I think, three weeks, four weeks, he called me back and shipped everything. And yep. that saved the project because yes. everything else on the vehicle is original to the vehicle. Right. And again, Ike has done my, overhauled my starter motor. He's overhauled my dynamo for me and a few other things. But the vehicle, the rims, the radiator, which I record, but um, Mm -hmm. are all original. Yeah. It's not modified. It's still on a positive ground. Yeah. It's still on a dynamo and there's no modifications, modern modifications to the vehicle. So That's so cool. I mean, and I think unfortunately there are, Fewer and fewer of the really original cars, especially original cars that have such a great story. Yeah. You know, I think what warms my heart about your story specifically is that you lusted after this car for 25 years and and finally got it. We have so many people who say, oh, where, where do you get, where do you get these cars? You guys have all these crazy cars. Or you have, and it's it's persistence. You know, it's, it, it's understanding that, well, it's something I want. Maybe it's not for sale today, but 
you know, he sort of checking in on it and to see that happen 25 years later and also with a bit of luck involved, it's just fantastic. I would say a little luck, a little persistence and a whole oh. lot of luck. <laughs> I would say probably 99% right, luck. Right. Because you had to cause a divorce. There was many things you <laughs> had to do to get sort it to... Of yeah, went in right. line other but the other part of the story is one of the original owners, uh, Betty McDonald. Now, her father owned the vehicle in Arizona. Okay. And Betty's 96. Wow. Still alive. And I, I she's actually been for a ride in it. Oh, that's right. cool. We had to get, she's in a nursing home. Yep. And we had to get a Hoyer and lift her in yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. lift her out. But ah. she did, we actually did go around the block and she was, you know, she actually drove that vehicle in Arizona when her father had it, she actually, early on, because I, when I purchased the vehicle, I called Betty, former client, and I said, Betty, I've got the Land Rover. And she was yeah. so, so happy because she figured out I'd probably actually do something with it. Mm -hmm. And she actually, about a month into this, called me up and gave me, said, I got a bunch of paperwork. And I went over, Ooh. picked it up, yeah. and it's the original bill of sale from Arizona, from Roots in Los Angeles. Right to the person it was a doctor robert reed in arizona and then the sales all the sales slips and the arizona title transfers that were done in the 60s and 70s that's cool so i now have full all the way back to roots from, uh, from the factory, from a factory. Wow. i got my heritage certificate from gaden yeah and everything so not only is the history of me and how i acquired the vehicle and i don't own it mm -hmm. it's on loan to me right because when i'm done I can't drive it. I'm sure somebody yeah, else, somebody hopefully, else will, yeah. is going to cherish it as much as I do. So, yeah, that story just took on a life of its own and kind of overwhelms me because I'm not really this kind of publicity-seeking person. I think people are just interested in your story. Yeah. You know, yeah, they yeah, want to yeah, hear yeah, about it. It's absolutely. not like that you're seeking the publicity necessarily, but... You know, I think that your story, your Land Rover journey really resonates with uh, Land Rover owners. This is what it's all about. You know, this is taking something that you found and polishing it and making it nice and making it useful and using it and caring for it and having fun and, you know, meeting people and having a community of people that support your you know, efforts. I think that's great. And that's really what we all want to see in our Land Rover ownership. So I want to see it in the world. It make it a better place. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I that's totally right. agree. I you totally cannot agree. Uh, not smile when you see somebody driving along in an 80 inch, uh, especially if they're, uh, you know, six and a half feet tall. Let's say, uh, you know, that that makes uh, it's that a makes it, it's smile. a happy car. And I was yeah. having this conversation with people earlier and they were like, what do you, you know, like, why do you like these old cars? And I was like, you know, I like them because they're happy, you know, the yeah. The, the yeah. headlights are round. You yep. look at you look at the newer cars and they just get bigger and like more aggressive and you know they just like are bulging with like muscular arches yep. and yep. and big hood scoops and yep. and they've got angry headlights and like you look in your mirror and it's just like this person is angry this person and that's not what I want in my Land Rover experience, you know. I want a happy car that people are you know genuinely happy to see, people have fun in it. Yep. You know, and uh, I think your journey really uh, speaks to that. It's just everybody see, gets a smile on their face well, when yeah. they, they see you driving the car and then they hear about what you went through to, to make this happen. It's really cool. Thank you. Yeah, it's that hits it on the head, nail on the head. The other thing is no navigation in my car. I don't yeah, that's right. Now. The GPS doesn't work, I the guess. The GPS hey, doesn't yeah, work. Sure. And yeah, for those that don't know, what I do is... When I pl start planning a journey like this, and this is a second long distance, this will be the furthest because I did Round Lake Michigan in yeah, 21. Right. right. Um, 
So this one is well round trip. You're fifteen hundred some odd miles. Yeah, it was, yeah that so was yeah. about yeah, yeah. yeah, it was just shy of fifteen hundred. Yeah. This one's going to be closer to by the time I get back, closer to eighteen hundred. Wow, so, wow, a little further. But yeah, I plan it by using Google Cycle app. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's a great tip. And <laughs> the only drawback to that is you have to be careful because it will put you on rails to trails. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the first part is of planning a trip like this in an AD or even a series for that matter is use a cycle app that keeps you off all the major highways, mm-hmm. all the interstates, and then start using Street View to see what the roads are so like. To kind of do a little Because the number through, of times yeah. I've clicked on it and I'm on a railroad track like, and I'm like, oh, oh no, I'm not going to work. Yeah, I got to gonna... zoom out and see where I am and then just move it over. Then what I do then is I transcribe the route and I write it down on a piece of paper. Right. And I, I don't know if I showed Ike the other day when you were. I then hold, have a magnet on the dashboard. Right. That yes. holds the paper. Yep. And then I just cross off my waypoints. So it's like, you know, turn left on 393 here. So four miles. So I'm looking over at the, okay, four <laughs> yeah. miles. Okay. I mean, right. this is this is exactly like sort of a tulip chart or like yeah. a rally. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you're yeah. basically a rally driver. Yeah, right. so <laughs> you, you, you know, they make the little scroll maps. And yeah. So you yeah, can ride it all bikes, on yeah. the scroll. Yeah, and yeah just, for overland bikes. One of my uh, friends back home said I should have done it on a toilet roll. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just, you just kind of go just, through. And it's double well, use as well. Like, you know, that you, you've got a little yeah. bit. Yeah. It's exactly once you're done right. with it, you can yeah, use it somewhere go. else. You know? you but yeah. yeah. So that's how I get here. Just yeah. using it worked. fashion you're here. map. I'm it worked. Here. You made it. Works. it. Yeah. yeah. I, we only got lost twice. Well, okay. No, not lost. Right. I got misdirected a couple of times. Sure. One put me through a housing estate in uh, Niagara Falls, Ontario. <laughs> uh, right. I missed a turn, yep. so I just went to the next and, and you realized. drove that... into somebody's living room, and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, wait a minute. <laughs> <It's> a driveway. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> we got to do that. Uh-oh. And then uh, the part of the route, once we crossed over into back into the U.S., put me through the ghetto area of mm-hmm. Niagara Falls, oh, yeah. USA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's... That was a little... Um, it's a stark contrast between Niagara, Ontario and... Uh, yes. And, yeah, it's, it's, it uh, is yeah. night and day. Yeah. I mean, the Canadian side... I mean, we didn't... I'm actually stopping on the way back for a couple of days, but mm-hmm. there is a contrast of... It is. Yeah, it's a pretty big The commercial yeah. side yeah. and the commercialism and everything yeah. else. It's yeah. quite a contrast. Quite. Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing with what we find doing the back roads is you meet people. Mm-hmm. Everywhere we stop for gas, people come in, yep. start talking to you, photographs. So... If you want to do it, there's no such thing as a quick pit stop for gas. Right. <laughs> everybody right. wants to 15, come 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, everybody comes, oh, what yep. have you got? What are you doing? Yep. Especially when you've got you know, other vehicles with you. So that's why I love driving the 80. Yes, absolutely. Even around Wisconsin, it, it is driven. I think since I put it on the road in 2020, now I'm over 10,000 miles. Wow. Wow. That's on fantastic. The, on, the, on the old meter. Yeah. That's so, fantastic. Just driving. That's fantastic. So. I gotta. I have to think. Save maybe Ike and Linus. I don't know too many people that have you know that kind of yearly use of their uh, of their Series One Land Rover. That is that's really cool. That's no, most cool. of them. Most of them are are limited. And you know, honestly, if you look back, like that, the original use was like uh, the farmer's friend sort of mm-hmm. yeah, situation. Yeah. So it wasn't it, meant to go very. Far, it's like yeah. l- relatively limited mileages. You know, you see people they turn up these old Land Rovers and they've got you know. 
80,000 miles on it. I'm like, this only has 80,000 miles on it. Like, who would want to drive it further than that? <laughs> it's not really that surprising. Like, how many tractors are high mileage tractors? That's exactly right. That's exactly but, right. But at the same time, you know, I really do appreciate when people use the cars and take trips in them. And like you said, you know, really get out there and, and meet people and talk to people. And, and uh, I think everyone has an appreciation for that. And it goes back to my earlier comments, like, you get so many people that come up to you because the vehicles are approachable. You yes. know, they're not, yeah. you, you know, it's it's not an aggressive or, or intimidating vehicle. It's very approachable. It's small. It's not, it's efficient. It's light. It's, you yeah. know, it's all it's all the things that uh, I think we all want in a Land Rover, but we can't get anymore. You know? That's right. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're not light or uh, maybe efficient after a fashion, but... Uh, I think an 80-inch Land Rover would completely fit inside of a new 90, like a Pelican case for it. You could just, <laughs> you just slide it inside. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, it is uh, it is great. And, uh, Steve, I can't say enough how incredible it is that all these folks, we talked about it with their, you know, with their uh, discoveries and, oh, yeah. uh, and defenders on trailers coming from 200 miles yeah. away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's... When I saw people, yeah, I'm trailing it in, I'm 100, 200 miles away, and I'm, I wrote, drive it. Yeah, that's right. Drive that's exactly what I put on the, the post. Exactly right. Drive it. I Drive said, it. if I can do 800 miles in a Series 1, you can do 200 in a... In a yeah, exactly. In a, a Defender. Or, or a 300 defender. TDI Defender. Defender yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, no, and I think that's it. I think that's the uh, the takeaway is uh, drive it, you know? And right. uh, if Steve can do it, you can do it. That's what they're built for. That's uh, that's what they love doing. And uh, like you said, going across, especially a country like the United States that is so vast, or Canada, that is so vast. The distances between points mean that you're stopping, you're eating locally, you're getting gas. You're not just on the interstate at 120 miles an hour whizzing by the world. You're uh, you're in it. You're enjoying it, and you're meeting people, and that's fantastic. Yeah, and that's the other thing is you mentioned you know stopping to eat. We always find a local yep. family-run yep. restaurant. No yep. chains, no Hardee's, no. McDonald's, Pizza Hut, or anything. No. We right always up. find yeah. a, this. It's usually a brewery. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or a bar. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, a local. Yeah, yeah. And one restaurant we stopped at in Michigan, they'd only open two days prior to us stopping there. They knew you were coming. They knew you were there. Yeah. Like, we got to be open. And we just, we just saw it, and I pulled in, and yeah. you know, we all parked up and said, how did you find us? I said, you were here. Yeah. You were on the route. Away. We pulled in. We need something to eat. We had a you know a break and of something to eat and they're like really some yes. of my favorite experiences driving land rovers is like when i pull into a town and they're like they're having a fair and people are yeah. cooking food or somebody's <laughs> got a barbecue going and you just you you stop and it's just like those coincidental sort of meals where you're in the right time at the right place i was up in canada on main island of mm -hmm. all places uh, which is a little obscure there's like a kayak rental yep. and like yep. not much else yeah and my friend it's like 12 o'clock at night and he's like he's like hey let's go find some pie and you're like where are we gonna find a pie on this like remote island and sure enough we started walking along we're there to get a land rover and we start walking along this lady's walking her dog and we were like hey uh do you know where to get some pie around here and she's like, I just made one today. It's a pecan chocolate pie. Would you like some? And we just happened to find this. That lady. only that only happens in Canada, though. It's, yeah, it's just so same. I mean, it's synchronistic, right? Yeah. Like you just happen to be in the right place at the right yeah. time, and 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 that happens more often. And this is where it's relevant. <laughs> this happens more often when you're in a slow old car because yeah. you're stopping. You're interacting with the places that you're driving through yes. instead of just Absolutely. whizzing past. Yeah, you know, and so. 
that's one of the things I really like about uh, these sorts of trips, and that's why I really enjoy hearing about your trip, Steve. And well, thank, thank you. you so much for coming by and talking with us. Oh, thank that. you Absolutely. for having me and putting up with me. <laughs> well, the it's next trip, Steve, has got to be out to uh, to us uh, on the West Coast, well, slightly uh, farther. But uh, you actually, know. you talked about that. So my next trip, there's a, a trail. No, a trail. It's a road called the Yellowstone Trail. Yeah, yeah. Which was the first unofficial transcontinental highway. It ran from Plymouth, Massachusetts, to Seattle. To Seattle, yeah. And for those that don't know, there is a website on it. It was basically townships getting together to improve the roads to in, to bring in tourists. And it just kind of joined the dots. And there's a group of people now resurrecting that highway. So how, what percentage of it is complete or contiguous? About 80%. Yeah. Wow. But yeah. a lot of it, some of it's like, the you know, it's like Route 66. Yeah. A lot of it, some of it's under interstates. Some of it's no longer there. Some yeah. of it's gravel roads yeah, in Montana. Still, yeah, and what they've yeah. done on their website is they've got the old route, and it ran from 1912 to 1928, and then the federal government started building highways, so yeah. that kind of was the death knell. So what they've done is got modern maps and overlaid the original. That is probably going to be my next trip. Cool. And I think the plan there is to ship, and this goes against what, everything we've talked about this morning, <laughs> but... The plan there, I think, is because the Yellowstone Trail, and I only found out this literally two months ago, is one block from my house in well, Oshkosh. There you go. It went through Oshkosh, and it's a block away. So I think the plan meant is... meant to be. It's meant to be. Yeah. It's so the plan is yeah. to ship it probably to the West Coast first, yeah. to Seattle, and then yeah. drive it back to yeah. Oshkosh. So I end yeah. up at home. Yeah. And then the next time, ship it to Plymouth, mm-hmm. and then come back from the east to west to, to the west so yeah. if i do do that yeah i'll park it at ike's for a while absolutely how far are you from springfield oregon to seattle it's oh it's bad. it's just a few hours yeah it's not that bad uh, that few hours modern or few hours my speed <laughs> it's, it's five hours okay it's five hours so it's not so bad so it's a so day for uh me. yeah just bring bring it by we'd be yeah, happy could, to probably... have you and uh we'll do some 80 inch driving absolutely. and it'll be wonderful yeah it'll probably be if all goes well 2025 but that that is one of my next goals is yeah, to do the yellowstone great. trail that's awesome so i got to do some research and you know find a way of shipping it because i i just don't see me driving both ways no so for people that want to follow your trips and adventures and see some of your pictures and that sort of thing uh i know you're on a few of the social media sites uh, how would they how would those folks find you so i have a facebook page for my land rover if you type in 1953 Land Rover Series 1 export model. You okay. should be able to find the page and then request to join it. I have it locked up as a private, private group. group. Yep. Um, it does have more friends than me. <laughs> um, I think I'm over 500 or pretty close to 500. Oh, 464 members wow. right nice. now. Nice. And I've taken four or five this last couple of days of being here. So anybody's welcome. Don't censor it. If you want to post something about your Land Rover on the, you're more than welcome. Obviously, I've never taken any post down. Now, if you try to sell me a T-shirt, right. we might have a problem. Right. But no, anybody's welcome. They started on the day that I bought the vehicle. And anybody doing any restoration, there's tons and tons of albums and photographs of me both the good and the bad the mistakes i've made and paid for them <laughs> ike's got lots of money for that <laughs> oh no no, no. <laughs> but yeah so the 1953 series one land ex- over export. export model and just go- put that in your search yeah, we'll on your facebook page well, and, and uh, uh yeah. 
it is a private group, but you have to request to join. But that's it's pretty straightforward. So that's the best way for people to the find best you way to find follow. me. There's great articles in the Ottawa Valley yeah, newsletter. I, As Dixon just walked in, there's lots of great press that your car has gotten, and hopefully, uh, hopefully Jeff Aronson does an article about you in Rover Magazine for driving the car here. He certainly should. The gentleman that just walked in over here will hound me for the next month. <laughs> um, to get the articles out look, for Ottawa look Valley. Look forward to an Ottawa Valley article and then yeah, I'm coming soon. Yeah. Do, I'll be doing one for Gary Boosie and Full Grill. Nice. The register. That'll be the primary one. And then Ross at the Legend Series yep. 1 Club yep. has also asked for a story. Awesome. Cool. I'm not sure when they're going to be done because my other hobby is aviation mm-hmm. and Oshkosh has a bigger show coming up That's with right. which I volunteer as a flight line operations operative as soon as I get home. I'm the next back there, back, back to there. that. Back so there. it will probably be published. I'm guessing the fall, September, well, October. Yeah, we'll look for that and yeah. we'll uh, post yeah, up we'll when make that sure comes we out. Get it. Yeah, we get yeah. it out in the world. Well, hey, see, thank you so much for being here. Congratulations for being here. Uh, one of the very few people who drove their Land Rover here, and I say with some degree of confidence, probably one that's driven it the farthest, uh, not on Could a trailer. Be. Yeah, well, and, and the uh, oldest, definitely you know, the the nexus oldest of the car, oldest, yeah. furthest. You know, yeah, I, yeah, I would say. Yeah, because I would say the oldest, furthest, because the Minnesota guys with the one hundred and nines yeah. are yeah, through, yeah, came they, with you, yeah, got, absolutely, came with yeah. me. They had, they had, a, they've got five days into their journey, yeah, but they had to get to from Minneapolis area yeah. to Oshkosh, yeah. and then. The four days here, so yeah. they would say that driven the 109s are furthest, the furthest but yeah. I would agree with Ike that I'm probably the oldest. I'm probably the only 80 inch that was driven here. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, of the six or seven I've seen around. That's right. Yeah, I think I'm that's hoping fair. we can get them all together to get a photo op. But we're gonna we'll make see. that happen. We're gonna happen. make that happen. That's a worthy. That's a worthwhile yeah. uh, endeavor. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Yes, man. sir. Thank, thank you, you, Steve. We appreciate it. All right. Well, I love Steve Owen, and I can't even tell you how much I love that guy. He is what a just character. The most cordial, warm, wonderful fireplace installer that just happens to uh, have a 25-year love affair with a beautiful 80-inch Land Rover. I have so much respect, so much respect for driving halfway across the country in that car. Good for him. As a follow-up, as uh, as he was saying during the interview, that he was very concerned about going out on the trails because he has to drive that car home. (laughs) Right, right. Don't break anything on the trail. He was only halfway through his journey when we spoke to him at the the event. He yeah. then had to drive all the way. Did we ever follow up with him when he got home to make sure that he made it? You know, funny enough, I actually haven't spoken with him. Hmm. We might want to do that. He actually did lose all compression on one cylinder in his motor. wouldn't start. Oh and thankfully, he and Bill Cooper and Ike and a number of other folks were able to tear the car apart. And I think it was some valve springs that uh, needed uh, replacing. They resat some valves and they managed to get the car running and off. And Steve did leave successfully on Sunday morning Brilliant. to head home. And, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, he's either home now or he's about to get home or I, 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 he might still be en route. I mean, this was not that long ago. So uh, I actually haven't spoken with him, but, you know, we, I think we would have heard news if there was like a terrible Land Rover 80 inch uh, with a six and a half foot person explosion along Well, the, Steve, if you you're know. listening, you have to go to our Facebook group. You yes. have to go to the Underpowered Hour Community Facebook group. And just give us a little update and tell proof us of, how she, how she did on the way home. We <laughs> yeah. know you got to Anarch. Let's make sure you got home from Anarch. <laughs> make sure you got come. Yeah, with the team of folks, I believe, from Minnesota that uh, were coming along uh, with him. Uh, Minneapolis, there was uh, a wonderful series ambulance that I'm sure everybody has seen doing the RTV course going 
like Tokyo drifting into a into a turn that actually Abigail pointed out on the first day we were there that it was going up to do the trails. It was one of my favorite cars. And that was one of the folks I believe that was with Steve. And there's some amazing footage of that car. There was one corner on the RTD course that was downhill and particularly slippery and at a, you know, a reasonable sort of 90 degree angle. And every car was fishtailing around. I mean, it looked like the Fast and the Furious going around there. It was hilarious. And that ambulance fishtailing out into that corner was just fantastic. Spectacular. So yeah. Spectacular. We've, I'm pretty sure we've shared that on our Instagram, but if not, we'll we'll tag it again. But really, really, really good stuff. So uh, meanwhile, what's uh, what's been happening uh, here? I hear you went to a special Rebel event while we were out in the I uh, did. out in the wild. Yeah, Rebel Rally. They hosted an event at the Los Angeles Motoring Club the other night that was featuring the art of Rebel. So right. we took over the Motoring Club and they had a ton of Rebel rigs. They had mm-hmm. a whole bunch of cars. Mm-hmm. They asked for the Dream Machine. The Dream Machine literally showed up 24 hours yeah, later. Yeah, like 24 hours later. Yeah, the guy tried. He was working hard to they get tried. it here in time, but, but there's but no they, way. But they parked my my Trek Defender out front as well, because obviously with all of the lights and, and the traction boards, tracks, and yeah, yeah, it yeah. looks pretty awesome. So yeah. I did still get Rockstar front row parking. Um, but no, it was a really neat event. And it was, you know, they had blown up a ton of photographs from different years of the Rebel Rally. Yeah. And of course, yeah. there was an absolutely breathtaking photo of us at the top of this huge hill in Dub Springs um, mm-hmm. and Jenna and I about to come down that they called What Goes Up Must Come Down. I'm going to share that to my Instagram feed this week so that you can see the photo in question. So if you go to over Overland underscore her. I will have that photo up when by the time this episode goes live. So you can see the photo that they blew up and had in large scale at the event. But it was really nice to see a lot of rebels and see a lot of the incredible photography that obviously showcases that event like no other. And so that was really neat and had some great conversations with people. And I think both it's safe to say that both Jenna and I are just so excited about the rebel this year. We've got big plans and and new goals. And there's some exciting news coming down the pike. We also are featured in a magazine article that literally just came out on Friday. Yep. Molly MyMag was one of our sponsors last year, and they wrote a really great article about us. And so you can go to mollymymag.com and use their location finder to find a Barnes & Noble or a right. grocery store near you that carries right. it if you're interested in reading it. But yeah, we've got a lot going on on the Rebel front. And that training has been kind of ongoing throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you and I get back from Scotland, I have a lot of prep to do to get ready for the rally in October. Yeah, that's a perfect segue into that. We'll be traveling down from Scotland all the way down to London and making stops along the way. We're going to do our very best to try to uh, put that out on our social media. So head to the Underpowered Hours Instagram account. It's probably the easiest place And we're going to be announcing meetups. We're also going to have special meetups in our Facebook group. So if you're not a part of the Facebook group, but you do want to see Liza and I, if for no other reason, just to get a sticker, then uh, we're going to post that into the Facebook group specifically. So we're going to try to at least have a couple of meetups, maybe one in Scotland, one in the Midlands somewhere, and then one down around London so that we can find an opportunity, jump into a pub. And And that's going to be, you know, we're going to be in Scotland from July 10th or 11th onwards from 
from there. And then we're in the the UK until the 23rd. So it's going to fall somewhere in that week and a half or so. If you bring your Freelander to those uh, meetups, we'll give you a t-shirt. I think that's only fair. (laughs) I think think, that's fair. uh, Yeah, I think that's fair. I think if you're willing to bring uh, the undisputed King of Land Rovers out into the uh, world uh, for us to enjoy, then uh, we'll throw a, a T-shirt at you. I think it's the it's the least we can do. I think uh, we have to wrap this up or we're going to be an overpowered hour this week. Mm, we certainly don't want that. So with that, uh, it's been a slice and uh, we'll talk to you uh, next week. See you on the trails. The Underpowered Hour is produced by Liza Barris, Ike Goss, and me, Steve Barris. Pavel Svartov composed and performed our theme music. Consider supporting the show on Patreon, and if you already do, thank you. Your support makes the show possible. For even more, check out our Instagram or Facebook.